The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Well, it's Thursday now. We were back on Wednesdays. You know what that means. It's time for WWE Dynamite. Oh, shit. No, fuck it. See, it is an easy mistake to make. Uh, <laughs> it is, of course, AEW Dynamite Review Time, Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy, Big Tasty. We're back. It's Wednesdays. It's a three-man booth. It's me. It's Aaron, the Statman Suckliff. How's it going, Aaron? As he froze again. No, he's, he's moving. He's just not listening. Uh, and- I can't remember the last time I was in a three-man booth. It's been a while, hasn't it, mate? Yeah. I just can't remember the last time I was in a three-man booth. It's weird. No, it's it's been there's been a rotating chair the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah. Like we've even yeah. run Troy in for one, but now the, the boys are back in we, town. We've we've had we've had like a it's like the way AEW do where they've got like just run like Jericho just comes and moonlights in commentary every now <laughs> yeah. and again. Troy, Troy was like, oh, Jericho, he just came moonlight. Shouted a made, lot. Shouted a lot. Made a few references to things that he didn't really understand and then left. <laughs> then got yep. thrown off a stage by Wardlow. Uh, we'll, get, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to all that later. Um, but yeah, so we, we actually, funnily enough, we opened the show with Chris Jericho coming out. Um, and yeah, he gets, he gets a decent pop, doesn't he? He's Chris Jericho. He's, he's a bit more relaxed when he's a, a face on commentary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to push being a heel constantly. He, was, he wasn't trying to like furiously channel the essence of Bobby Heenan into himself. <laughs> no, no, he was not. He was, um, yeah, it was weird because he was kind of reserved, but then it, I felt like he, I felt like he's been taking pointers off Taz. Mm, yeah, because he was doing a lot of stuff that Taz normally does, where he's like really good at going. Oh, I hate that guy, but. You've got to respect what he do. Well, Jericho was doing that when he first came in. Before he got a bit too, before he, got, he realized people liked it, and he just like got really excited, like a fucking <laughs> a, a dad who's like trying to get, like impress his kids. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but one thing, one thing I did like, and um, it worked all the way through the show. So having Jericho on commentary, he was he managed to weave like the theme of he managed to keep the the main event relevant throughout the entire show and kept referring back to it which made the, the the match itself seem really big and important yeah i going into this show i saw that i saw that match on just a, a well it wasn't a random episode of dynamite because it was the last dynamite in davies place for a long last time however it was also a match that i felt they could have held off until like they were back on the road properly or until like even a pay-per-view because it's well, out it, of out of the pinnacle in a circle stuff, this is the thing which has kind of been like the catalyst of the whole feud. Yeah, but I mean, we, we, we'll talk about this much later and I think they, they were very smart in how they presented but, it to, to yeah. make it, to carry the point it on. I, the point I was trying to get to was 
by the time the main event come round, it was like, oh my God, this is going to be a huge match. And it was. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, we have four other matches and some other bits of pubs to, get the, to talk through. Uh, first of which is, of course, the Young Bucks versus Penta and Eddie Kingston in a tight team title eliminator match. So that means that if Penta and Eddie win, they get a future tag team title shot. Uh, I pointed out to Aaron last week that to date, nobody has won an eliminator match in AW as of yet. Um, first immediate strike on AW is that we did not hear Eddie Kingston's music. Uh, Alex Marvez came out like a third literature bro as well. Alex Marvez was, he'd had like all uh, of the Alex, coffee. Alex Marvez? Do you mean Alex uh, Abrahantes? Alex Abrahantes. Other Alex. Oh, yeah. oh God, Aaron's drowning uh, again. No, no. Jacob sent, Jacob sent Aaron to the okay. Shadow Realm with that, um, oh, no. with that singer. <laughs> it's alright, you're back. I it's fine. Them. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, Alexander Hunters comes out and he's just having his best time, isn't he, with all this Penta stuff? His jacket was incredible. Yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. With all the like, rainbow skulls. Like what happens when you let a kid dress himself for a birthday party. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we didn't get we didn't get Pen- uh, Eddie Kingston music. We just got Penta's, but that was fine. Um, Penta's is a banger as well. Yeah, Penta's rocks as well, to be fair. Yes, um, we got a pass on that. And then... Young Bucks come out with Brandon Cutler. Obviously, no Don Callis this time. No Good Brothers. Just the loose the Bucks and Brandon. Um, Yay! Yeah, bit of Brandon Cutler. It's fine. Um, and yeah, match starts. There's a little bit of um, sort of psychology before the match. Though the, the Bucks are in the ring with the like, streamers popping and everything, and then Eddie Kingston and Penta come to just do murder on them, and then the Bucks just do a runner. And there's a little bit of like a little bit of the books, like sort of chicken uh, chitting uh, at the start of the match. Are, are we going to talk about the books facial hair, or are we just going to brush that off? Um, no, no. I, I feel like we have to actually. Yeah. Um. Not only did the books have new mustaches, uh, Brandon Cutler had a new mustache because he's the ring boy, and then Michael <laughs> Nakazawa, who was in the crowd, also had a mustache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like it was like in the it was like an anchorman, you know, where they all going to get perms, except they've all gone to yeah. like really bad facial hair. Literally like as well, they all had different styles of mustache. Yeah, so like Matt had like the handlebar, like Nick had a Fu Manchu. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. my, my brain couldn't comprehend. Cut, Cutler had like Cutler. kind of like a pencil mustache with like a little soul patch. Yeah, and then Nakazawa, I, I, I didn't even get a Nakazawa just had like a little nonce mustache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it, 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 again, incredible commitment to, to being absolute pieces of shit in the gimmick. It's, um, it's phenomenal. I mean, adding like a, a creepy mustache to a guy instantly makes them more untrustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Nick, so Nick looks particularly like slimy and horrible, like the type of guy you'd you'd um you'd, you wouldn't leave him alone with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he looks like um Ryan Reynolds' character in Adventureland who just skeezes around fifteen-year-old girls. Oh. <coughs> the- they, they made a thing as well because obviously Nick was, kept doing the macho man thing and now he's got like the, the home in Tash. Yeah. It's quite it's quite sick. It's quite fitting considering he's also got the same hairline. <laughs> uh, early on, Matt did a little bit of flare strut. He was, he was yeah. breaking that out, um, some nice stuff. Um, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed this match. It was it was it built really well. Um, I thought Eddie looked really good. He, he got some real nice moments of like, he got to like, stiff the fuck out of everyone and like, just no sell a few a bit of offense, which is the best. Anything. Yeah, the, the 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 basic formula to the match was pretty much Pentagon does some flashy stuff, and then 
Eddie Kingston does some murder. Yeah. And uh, like that, that peppered him with like the books trying to cheat to get an advantage. And it felt like for pretty much like the only time in the match, it felt like there was like, there was actual jeopardy for the books title ring. I know it was a non-title match, sorry, but like, yeah, like they said, they haven't lost in over a year. And this was like, this felt, they felt constantly under threat. Like there was a, there was a real, they were never really like fully on top. They never quite got the, you know, like the mechanics of it. Like the books have had their way of winning, haven't they? Like they double team, they, they, they sort of go behind their ass back, Cutler gets involved. And then that's how they sort of maneuver themselves into a winning position. And it's, it's, it's worked for them over the last sort of six months. But this was, this felt like the first time that they weren't quite able to, to sort of get that full press on and like, Get all their all their mechanisms to work to to sort of work themselves towards victory. Uh, the, my favorite my favorite moment of the match and one of my favorite moments of the entire show was when um, Brandon went to spray the cold spray in Penta's face and he just ducked and he sprayed. I think it was Nick in the face. It was Matt. It was, and he was just screaming as he was doing like, <laughs> it. comedy. He just didn't stop. He just got locked into like the fucking. It was like he was like in fear of how he fucked up. He was so um, he was so like distraught that he'd done it. He forgot to stop doing it, which was, which was absolutely uh, incredible. So I know we were talking about um, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, there's the probably going to be a blood and guts match or something of that ilk with like the super elite of like Kenny, the Good Brothers, and the Young Bucks versus a team. I wouldn't be surprised if they used this as a way to kind of elevate Brandon Cutler as a babyface. If he like sort of if he like Daniel Bryan style is like the last man out for for like like for like team no, anti elite like, or if he turns that would that would be a bad way if like say the books fire him and then Tony Khan rehires him yeah um but I I thought him just like because the, the books are bait and like Kenny and all that have basically just been like berating him and making him the bitch for like the last like month or so now and he's he, unlike Nakazawa, who seems to be quite happy in that role, you, you get the impression that Cutler's like there under duress a lot of the time. Well, my, fa- my favorite bit on BTE is because obviously it's all film from Cutler's perspective. Yeah. When he cheats and he's just there screaming, like, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to pack, yeah. <laughs> but that would be a really good way because Cutler's a really underrated wrestler and he's someone I genuinely enjoy watching wrestle. So it would be a good way for them to kind of elevate him as like, and like, and the kind of the like stuff, he and the kind of storyline here as well is that the books aren't letting him do anything. He's just like the lackey, basically, isn't he? He's not. He doesn't get to wrestle. Mm. He doesn't get to do moves. He just gets to hit people with shit and spray things. You know, he does. That's all they want him to do. Yeah, because I mean, you could you could then and like obviously the the sort of combination we were talking about was like Death Triangle, Eddie Kingston, and Kazarian. Yeah, but you could you could even have it like where Cutler turns on them in that match. Yeah, and I mean, sh- sh- kind of... sh- surely you work returning Moxley into there somewhere as well in the in the middle of that. Oh yeah, of course. No, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt they'll fucking make Cody the hero of it all. <laughs> Cody running, uh... having nothing to do with this entire storyline. He's had nothing to do with it, and then he just comes along like, "Hey guys, I'm here to save the day." <laughs> America, uh, baby. Well, while we're while we're, while we're still on this match, <laughs> this uh... evil Canadian Kenny Omega. <laughs> Gonna vanquish the evil. Me Canadian and my and... fellow Americans, but the Lucha Brothers and Pack, we're and gonna those... fight the Brothers in America. He's gonna whip whip those West Coast hippies. Those like, like, elite, like, baby, like, a, like, a, like a good Southern boy should. Uh... Those fucking beatnik bastards. <laughs> uh, while we're still on the match, uh, shout out to a lovely um, Code Red by Penta on Matt Jackson. 
those Penta was like smooth as silk in this match. This is yeah. like I don't want to say this is the best I've seen Penta look in a while because that makes it sound like Penta's been bad. But this is definitely the most exciting Pentagon match we've had for like a little bit. Because yeah, probably since his oh, which one was it? There was a match that I remember watching a while back. It might have been the Penta Pack um, title match. It's probably the yeah. last time I thought he looked this good. Yeah, but I think as well because like normally he's teaming with Phoenix and he's always teaming with Pack and they're guys who can do equally phenomenal things when they want to, especially Phoenix. Um, he doesn't really. You, you kind of forget how good he is, but then. Next to Eddie Kingston, who's no nonsense like brawler with like a bit of technical stuff sp- sprinkled in. So a Pentagon doing like like there was a spot where he blocked a super kick, hit a dive, and then hit like a fucking vaulting um yeah. Canadian destroyer. And it was like that that was like seamless and it, it literally did it in about 10 seconds. Yeah, I was saying this to I was saying this to Aaron the other week. Like Penta's really good, and like the problem is he's normally next to Phoenix. And like you put anyone yeah. next to Phoenix and they look yeah. slow as shit because Phoenix yeah. is lightning. So <laughs> Like it, it's it's rare though you have a tag team where both members are in the argument for best in the world. Yeah, yeah. And Lucha Brothers are that team, and they've still not won the AW title. And packing for Death Triangle as a single as single stars as well. Like, I mean, they, they are they are both former TNA World Champions. Yeah, yeah. It's Phoenix with it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Didn't he win it? Didn't they trade the belts between them a bit? No, that Pentagon won it for one day. Penta won it and he held it for like three days. Yeah. All right. Um, Phoenix, is, Phoenix is also good. It's fine. Yeah, they've held every other title, like Triple E and all that shit. All I think right. they, may have tra- they may have traded it in a loser on the ground. Yeah, quite possibly. Um... So yeah, so the, the, the finish of the match, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this match up. The finish of the match, uh, we had the aforementioned hilarious comedy spot of Cutler accidentally spraying Matt Jackson in the face <laughs> for about for about six years, yeah. and then um, as that was going on, Kaz, uh, while Kazarian appears and just annihilates Cutler on the outside. They call him Frankie the Punisher now. Frankie the Punisher, yeah, really Punisher, Slayer, Killer, Punisher. Slayer. His, his gimmick is literally just Frank Castle at this point. Isn't I mean, it? It literally, literally had a T-shirt on that said Elite Hunter. So yeah, yeah. Um, that was a nice. Yeah, to be fair, it was. I like that. Yeah, and it was in like the elite font as well, which which made it like yeah. extra spicy. Uh, so then, as after that, we had the um oh uh, shout out as well the the books um the books hit Lucha Brothers finisher on Penta, yeah, which looked and lovely. Eddie barely broke it up. Oh god, he he had to go a long way on that last count. <laughs> Penta looked like he like in his eyes had the fucking fear that he was going to have to kick out his own finishing move. <laughs> um. Yeah, that there was a really, really good spot as well. Uh, just before, like all the madness happened, where it was, it was uh, Eddie and Penta just double teaming uh, the books, and it was again fluid. It was so quick. Yeah, considering these guys aren't a tag team, like they've never, to my knowledge, yeah, they've not really tagged together at all. Yeah, it was so good. Like I think, I think... Oh. is that I not think... the ending where uh, Matt Jackson with a freak out, the really awkward freak out? Was it when he hit like the uh, German into a backstabber? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, and then Pentagon super kicked them into the backfist. Yeah. So yeah, so the the um the match ends when Penta hits Fear Factor on Matt Jackson. He stands. He, he sort of springs up. Eddie hits him with a backfist, and then Penta gets the pin, and the Bucks lose. Yeah. For the that first time in a long time. 
As you say, first ever eliminator winner. Yeah, and we have our first. And so I is, think next week they have their title match. Is this yeah. their first loss since um, Kenny and Hangman? I assume so. Quite possibly, yeah. Yes. Um, right, so next up, sorry, excellent, excellent opening match. We'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll just oh, it was really good. Um, we, we sort of got a bit derailed talking about it, but yeah, this match was it, it was phenomenal. It was well, and we're back on. We to you know, AEW knows this is a winner for me. They put the books on first in the tag match, start the show, and it just gets everyone real excited. It's fine, it's great, it's what it's what we need. Um, yeah, so next up, we have uh, Christine Cage talking to Jungle Boy about like you know, you don't there aren't wins and losses, there are wins and learnings, and like. This right, a lot of people have said this, and I'm sort of starting to come around to the idea. This might be the the seed for like a, a slow burn Christian heel turn. I hope so because he's boring to death. As wow, soon as he showed up in AEW. Wow, because he, he's, he's <laughs> starting. Well, he's starting to creep into like slightly condescending territory with his like sort of lessons here, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I get I get the impression they're probably going to hold off till these other match with Kennington. Oh yeah, I mean, when I say slow, I mean. Um, Slow, yeah. I, I also I don't, mean, I don't mean WWE slow where it happens like two weeks mm. down the line, you know. I'm talking like next year, sometime, maybe. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of used Christian as sort of like sort of similar to what they're doing with Darby and Sting, where he's like they've got like the older guy as the mentor to like the younger guy and have him kind of just while obviously because Matt Hardy's got like the numbers advantage over him at the moment, and you've got like um. Like hard, who's hardly gotten his faction now? It's like Butcher and Blade, Private Party, the Bunny. He's got uh, THQ, who knock about. So it makes sense for Christian to kind of be like buddying up with Jurassic Express because there's three guys who are going to come to his aid. You've yeah. also got Orange and Chuck who were embroiled in that sort of thing as well, and Chris Statlander. So there's more people to come out. I, I think it's just it's probably going to just lead to like a bit of like a, a big big um. Multi-man tag. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine similar with to that. what I'm... he did with the Dark Order last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with that as well. That's great. There's no problem there. Um, I think there is a storyline here though with with Jungle Boy eventually getting a bit fed up with Christian, like trying to trying to dad him. Oh, so. the other the other thing they could do is have Christian try and lure Jungle Boy away from Jurassic Express. Yeah. Because they did have that. There was that little meeting between him and Lucasaurus, that little conversation they had. It, it ended quite comedically with them talking about dinosaurs. But yeah, there's, there's something in there, isn't it? They could sort of like, they could sort of do a bit, a bit with that. Uh, yeah. So next up, we have. I mean, it's your, it's your regularly scheduled, contractually mandated Tony, Shirani, Ring Ring interview. <laughs> oh, I so couldn't we, even finish that there. Because <laughs> we, we've, we've got to have, we've got to have one. At least, uh, but this this was pretty good. It was it was with Ethan Page. Uh, Scorpius guy was there as well, and yeah. they were asking. I've seen asking, a lot of people shitting over this on Twitter today, and I thought it was a pretty good promo. Yeah, I think Ethan Page. He's got mad heat. Like, yeah, I think last week's one was a bit repetitive. I think that's what's maybe started the heat. I, I think that's what the issue is. But I think but... I think Page's got good heat. I think it's. I think it. No, I yeah, it's not bad heat, but I think he, he seems to. The people to be a lot, like, yeah, he seemed to be a lot calmer this time. Yeah. Then, yeah, he was a lot more calculated, a lot more sort of focused, and, and sort because of... he see he seemed almost unhinged last week when he was he like screaming. Last week. Yeah. Yeah, when he's screaming, I'm the nail in your coffin. But 
I, I, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky as well, but Ethan Page in particular, are like two people who I think the sky's the limit for them in AW. They just need I no pun intended. Said, yeah. <laughs> no, no pun intended. The sky's the limit for them. You just need a bit of like direction, and I feel like just get given Ethan Page like the feud he's comfortable with, which is with Darby, instantly. Is going to help elevate both guys, and he's been making so many little references and like callbacks to their indie feud, which makes you think that this is going to go to some really sick places. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Brought up like splitting Darby's elbow with a fucking shoulder the other day, yeah, during his promo, didn't he? Yeah, I like what I like about this. He talks about like how he, he knows he can't like cripple Darby physically because he just keeps coming back for more punishments and he keeps you know getting back up again. So instead, he's gonna cripple him mentally. So when he when he locks him in the coffin. Obviously, Darby's finish being the coffin drop. He will then think mm. of Ethan every time he goes to do his finisher, and that will be how he wins. I pick getting into his head and sort of claiming that part of him, which I, th- I thought that was that was quite interesting. You don't you don't see a lot of people in wrestling talking about like mental victories, and I think that that was uh, that was nice. It makes it him was, seem it makes him seem slightly different. He's more cerebral, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was very cool. Like the way you were saying, every time you hit that the coffin drop, you're going to think of me and what yeah. I did to you, and that that's that's cool because as you say, it's. It's something that you don't really see often. Like I can remember similar things to it, but I can't remember. And it's it's like, smart it's smart heel work from Ethan Page as well. He knows he can't like beat him physically to the to, into the submission because Darby won't quit. So he throws right in that case. I'm going to ruin the one thing you really love, which is like hitting your finisher. I'll make you. I'll make that all about me, which is which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so Einstein comes out to the ring with a coffin. Um, they see a video of Darby setting a coffin on fire. And then Darby's in the coffin. Surprise! And yeah, he, he runs out. And yeah. this is this was brutal, man. He was like, so they get into a bit of a fight. Sting takes care of Scorpio, and then Darby's like raking, like not raking. He's like Slipknot style, pushing his fingers into Ethan Page's eyes. He had fake nails on, didn't he? Yeah, and he was like gouging so his eyes. He was like, like gouging, yeah, his eyes. Um, do you think that if they ever bring back the Wacky Races, Sting and Darby's car is going to be just Sting dragging Darby in a coffin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. When they when they finally do the um, the AEW car racing game that we all demand, that, yeah. Then that, that Evil Uno's there. demanded it multiple times. <laughs> We've got to listen to Uno eventually. So AEW opening... double dash. AEW dash. AEW dash. There we go. Make it, make it happen, Kenny. You coward. AEW double or nothing double dash. Double or nothing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, lads, I'm all out of AEW puns. <laughs> we used them all up in like five seconds. It's fine, don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah, so the, the upshot of this promo, um, so Paige bails out of the ring eventually, and he says that because Darby's just assaulted him, which is fair enough, he doesn't want to fight him next week. A fighter first. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Road Rage, yeah. So he says that if um, if Darby doesn't attack him for like a week, then maybe they can have the match at a fighter first, which I like I like this. This is, this is one, he's got a point, because Darby just tried to blind it's- him. Yeah, yeah, it's really good shit house healing though as well at the same time. Yeah. But it makes sense. I mean this is MJF had something similar, didn't he, with Cody? It was like the you can't touch me before the match mm. or it doesn't happen. Uh, it looks like we're gonna get that same thing with MJF and Jericho, doesn't it? Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna get some stipulations there. So yeah, I mean it's 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 solid here work because if anything that sort of puts limitations on the face makes makes obviously a bit more sympathetic. But then again, it, I, like I don't see how this was a heel tactic. Like Darby tried to blind him and he was like, Well, no, I'd rather fight you when I can see properly. Yeah, I I think it's more because of Darby like still fought Miro after Ethan Page had thrown him down a set of stairs. 
Yeah. So they sort of like, trying to draw so the Adam Page having like a few scratches on his face. Yeah. So Darby like, was like, no, Darby's I need like, to be 100%. Yeah, Darby's like, I don't fucking care. Let's go. Where's Ethan Page? Like, yeah. no, 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 no. You, you literally touched my shoulder. So therefore, I need a week to recover and then I'll fight you next week. Yeah. I I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Again, I wouldn't necessarily mind either if they dragged this out for a couple more weeks. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they did it to just Wait. get the match off next week because next week's card is fucking ridiculous and they don't need that match on next week's card. So it's in Miami and they just had that thing happen. The building collapsed. They don't want fucking having people yeah, throwing you, you coffins. Yeah, you can't be like locking people in coffins, can you? Yeah. <laughs> bit, bit poor taste. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be against them kind of like pushing it off a few more weeks and a few more weeks just because Darby literally cannot hold, like control his temper. Yeah, and and the, the, the way they're sort of, especially with the, the promo he cut this week, that the sort of positioning, like Ethan Page, like he's obviously a sociopath. He's he's clearly a bit psychotic, but he's he's much more in control of his like basic instincts than like Darby is. Darby is like all fury and all like all zeal, all zeal, isn't he? And Ethan Page is much more calculated and, and like focused and, and sort of more conniving. Yeah, he, he definitely definitely reminds me of like 2001 Triple H at times. Yeah, the, the cerebral, not assassin. Don't very, assassin. very, very cerebral. Um, so next up, we have a, a sneaky sales pitch for Jericho's new book, which actually I'm, I'm quite intrigued by. I'm, like, I'm, actually, I'm, not, I'm not advertising, I'm not going to pay for this. It, it really does sound quite cool, and I, I, I do want to check it out, to be fair. I, like, I, like, I, I love lists. The internet I, I, love lists, I, I, don't they? So. I, I love them. I love that what's it called, like, scripted this was though like, <laughs> yeah but he was at like first, pick a number Excalibur any number and he picked a number yeah, and then Jericho randomly turned to that exact page yeah at first I was genuinely like intrigued with where they were going with it and then when Jericho went oh yeah well it was oh it was of course you'd make me look stupid Excalibur it was me losing to Taz <laughs> and then the, the instantly segued to Team Taz yeah wow. so Team Taz um, cut a promo obviously so this is big this is Hook's um Hook's first words on Dynamite, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty I, cool. Considering normally Hook's like either like at the side or he's got like his hood up, I didn't realize how much he actually looked like his dad. Yeah, until yeah. he was stood like next to each other, I was like fucking hell. <laughs> you can tell he's t- like other than the height difference, you can tell he's Taz's son. So this was Taz alongside Hook and Hobbs. Uh, you said that Ricky Starks and Bob's Cage have got issues; they're not here tonight. The um, beginning of so the prophecy. They said when it's in it's in Texas, so I can't remember which night. It's Fighter Fest night one in Austin, Texas, in, in two Austin, weeks Texas, time. In two weeks time, the medically cleared Ricky Starks. Yes, boy, it's happening. Yeah. We'll, we'll challenge, we'll challenge Brian one. Cage for the FTW title. The first belt for the prophecy of giving Ricky Starks every single last belt. The belt collector Ricky Starks is beginning, lads. It's happening. He's going to beat Cage and he's going to beat Kenny. Yeah, I mean, this is a good promo. I'm really excited for this match. Squash me, though. I'm really excited, really excited for this match. I can't wait for it. I think, um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be really good. It's going to be, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Uh, it, it, it's definitely, like, I, I feel like this probably would have been earlier if it hadn't have been for Stark's injury in his neck. It does feel like they've had to sort of truncate this, this sort is of it, fallout a bit, haven't it, they? Yeah, it felt like they were kind of going down this road for... Um, probably double or nothing, I would have said. 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the Hangman match kind of felt like a bit out of left field, didn't it? It was just like, oh, let's just have a Yeah, because it was so random that Hangman got beaten by Brian Cage when he did. Yeah. And it was like almost as if they were like they were going, ah, shit, we can't put Hangman in. In fairness, we did get like a month of great comedy of Ricky Starks coming in, being a shit house and then running away, holding his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Which was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Uh, I was big into that. Uh, yeah. So what else I was big into? The return of Jack Evans' entrance music. Fucking yeah. hell. Is that, is that someone, what that is waiting for? Is someone that had to be like... Oh, mate, I, I, love, I love Jack Evans. Me and Azabeb here are getting excited about the fucking bell collector, Ricky Starks, and you're getting excited about some fucking okay. stoner's entrance music. Top, top, top marijuana enthusiast, Jack Evans. <laughs> and, his, um, and his banging Scouse House-esque entrance music. Yeah, man, I'm all, I'm all about it. Um... So, so the, the sort of story behind, behind this match, Matt Hardy ap- appeared in picture in, like, in a little screen and said that he doesn't care if Jack Evans wins or loses as long as he hurts Jungle Boy. So it was like softens him up a bit. Uh, also, yeah. notably, if Jungle Boy wins this match, he'll be the first AEW wrestler to reach 50 wins in, in the company. Yeah. Jericho seems to think it's an amazingly huge deal and it makes him, for some reason, it makes him Floyd Mayweather. Um, yeah, I, also Jericho tongue-in-cheek likes Jungle Boy bar people singing his entrance music. Yeah, except who the hell would do that? That's stupid. That's <laughs> stupid. Who would do that? Love a bit of yeah. love, love a bit of um, dad Jericho. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, this was this was a almost a sort of maybe, almost maybe it was Jericho just actually being himself and not being self-aware. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was this was kind of this was kind of almost a squash. Um, Jungle Boy controlled the majority of the match. Yeah, I, Jungle Boy, like, some of the little things he does, you just kind of forget how young he is because he looks like, he looks so kind of, like, comfortable doing it. Yeah, I mean, like, towards the end, that bit, like, that bit where um, Jack, Evans like went, that. Jack Evans went for the super, like, the super German suplex and Jungle Boy just flipped over and landed on his feet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. When he did, he did like, um, that sort of um, Mexican-style arm drag, where he like jumped up the ropes and around, and then yeah, but and then like floated over, and he just he just made it look like it was the easiest thing in the world. To I do. mean, this is a guy who didn't look out of place against Kenny Omega last week. So uh, no, he, 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 I mean, they they say it till they're blue in the face, and I think they're saying it now to kind of do what they did with Hangman, where the the more the crowd hear it, the more comfortable they are thinking it. But they always say Jungle Boy is a future world champion. Future world champion. They say the yeah. same about like MJF. They say they've said the same about Ricky Starks in the past. Sammy, uh, Sammy, Sammy Darby's uh, Darby, yeah. Wardlow, uh, yeah. Miro. They they they're very clever in the sense that they don't like they've learned the lesson with Hangman where everyone was like, "Oh, Hangman's getting pushed too soon. Like he, he's not ready to be the world champion of this brand new company." Whereas now we're all kind of like. Chomping at the bit for them to put the belt on Hangman. Yeah, I and mean, like, they never bury the young guys, do they? Like every, even like, even when they lose, they always say, "Yeah, always like the, it's always like, oh, but he's only so old, and like this is only his however many match, and like yeah. he's he's got obviously he's learned from this, and he he'll come back stronger." Like even when Jungle Boy lost, it was like, it, "All right, he lost, but he, he gave a really good showing, and he took Kenny all the way, and you know he's got a bright future ahead of him." They, they don't bury anyone; they just they build the foundations of the young guys it, now, which is really. Yeah. Are you trying to say there's another company out there that does that? 
No, I'm, I'm, don't, don't worry I'm, about it, mate. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Eddie Kingston, mate. I'm not here for a shirt. <laughs> Listen, mate. Just because Tommy Dream was one of the top guys in Impact doesn't mean the better in young talent, all right? <laughs> um, so, no, no, I, I, it's it kind of plays up as well with Jungle Boy with all, the whole Christian saying, you don't lose and... What is it? You don't lose and look bad, you lose and learn or something like that. It's, 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 not, it's not win and lose. It's not win or lose, it's win or learn. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like almost like the ethos of the way AEW kind of build the younger guys is that they might not win all the time, but you can see they're improving. Yeah. And, and, and as a wrestling fan, I, I've, I've said this when we've been when we on podcast with Troy, because obviously Troy's more of a WWE guy. Um, it's so easy to get scared and conditioned and think, oh shit, if a guy loses, he's going to get buried and he's just going to disappear and we're never going to see him again. But AEW, I mean, I'm not saying they do everything perfect, but they've got this They've got this plan, and it feels like they've got this system where, like, they will bring a guy in and, like, sort of season him a little bit, like, and give him a little run and give him a few losses, maybe to, to big guys, and then he'll go away for a few months and he'll go on to dark and he'll wrestle again and he'll get a bit better and then he'll come back a bit later. Like they've done it, they've done it with so many. They've done it like they're, they're doing the record, yeah. yeah, and but even not spill the records, give them some reps, just get them again. Like Jason, just condition you into thinking of them as big deals, and it starts by building them up when they're when they're like yeah, just starting like, like this. And, You've just got to look at Jungle Boy where they did the whole you can last 10 minutes with me with Chris Jericho thing. Yeah. And then yeah. he did. And then it was like, oh, fuck. Like, he's really good. And then they call, and then they call back to it. Like tonight, like Jericho himself mentions it on commentary. And, that, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, shit, yeah, he did go. He, he hung with Jericho. That was, he's hung with two world champions now. And that, that, that makes him a big deal. And it, even like the last like sort of couple of minutes of that battle royal when it was him and Christian, like Christian's a guy who's like uh, he's, he's no mate, not shy. Come on, he's he's he is like a guy who's like been around. He's a guy who's he's legitimate. Like, yeah, he, he's legit. He's he's a he's a good wrestler. He's a solid worker, and a lot of guys in AEW in particular have said how much they look up to him and admire his work. And for Jungle Boy to go in there and just kind of like not look out of place and be kind of able to go like beat for beat with him. That for me added more legitimacy to him, and then for him to go to the Kenny match and to add that next level, I think now they're doing a really good job of kind of keeping that going. Keep, yeah, keeping us remembering. Oh yeah, he did. He did take Kenny the limit. He did take Jericho the limit. He did take this guy. And now it's it. As I say, I I wouldn't be surprised in like two or three years time we're talking about Jungle Boy winning the belt. The belt. Yeah, and um. As, as you say, uh, building up, he, he picks up the win in this match with the snare trap again. So again, establishing yeah. that that's a that's a really dangerous submission move, and it's it's you know they're doing a really good job of building that. Um, yeah, post match re- really out of nowhere as well, didn't he? Uh, well, it was after the it was after the trio woe. So after the um, after the, the German suplex into the into the flip and he lands on his feet, my, um, Jack Evans sort of ends himself up in the trio woe. Jungle Boy kicks him. He, like, Kicks him in the corner and he actually falls. He locks it in. So yeah, it was. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was. It was a really nice finish. They they, they, they did really well. They worked really well together. These two guys. They 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 have a very they were very complimentary to each other the way they wrestled. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the match, yeah, we have some Matt Hardy shenanigans. Um, he comes out to do a to do a fight, um, and then Matt Christine Cage and Jurassic Express come out to even the odds and it ends up with um, Christine choking out Matt with his custom suit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then Matt. 
fucks off and Christian throws at him. And yeah, they, I mean, they're going to fight at some point, aren't they? Probably the next pay per view. Or maybe. Is that Road Rager, is it now? No, they didn't actually announce it. No, they haven't announced anything for that yet. I wouldn't be surprised of... if it was Fight or Fest or Fight for the Fall. Uh, yeah, yeah, Fight for the Fall. Maybe end of the month, Fight for the Fall, isn't it? So they could probably, they probably delay it into the end of July, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, an MJF promo. Um, basically, saying. This is really, I mean, it's, it's, we, we were talking about this um, last week, weren't we, Aaron? That it's a bit unfortunate yeah. in this feud that Sammy, I like, I love Sammy Guevara. He's great. His promos aren't brilliant. They're a bit lackluster. And then they're getting better though. But yeah, but you put him in a feud with MJF. <laughs> yeah. It really exposes his brothers. Yeah. Like put him in a feud with MJF who just came off the cusp of Chris Jericho. Still in a feud with Chris Jericho, sorry. Like yeah. just you're so out of place on the mic if you're just not great compared to them to because MJF is legitimately one of the best promos in wrestling. Like yeah. it's it's terrifying, and and all of the all of the things I like about MGF and his promos are in here. So he starts off like almost jovial, a little bit sort of you know a little bit jokey. He's talking about how like he's smarter than Chris Jericho, how Chris Jericho sort of he trashed his limo and he soaked him in bubbly, and he's he sort of he sort of made a, a mockery of AEW with all these like ridiculous like you know animal house style pranks that he's pulled on the on the pinnacle. How dare you so low? How low are you really gonna go? And then, yeah, it just, and then like it's always the best with with these MJF promos when you just see the mask slip a bit and you see like the the sort of the the, the fury and like the anger behind it, and he gets yeah. he just loses control of his emotions for like a, a couple of a couple of seconds. He's, he's really good at this. Like a lot of the stuff he does is is very. He reminds um, me of um, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like. He's like a white collar criminal, but then yeah. every now and again, he's just like, "I'm going to fucking kill somebody." <laughs> while you, you, you can see that little bit of psychopath that's underneath, you know, and and yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, and obviously he talks about giving Jericho stipulations in order to have one last match, and then he says, "If Jer- if Jericho loses this match, he has to leave them alone." Um, and then he, yeah, he sort of puts a bit of heat on the semi match and says, "You know, he's gonna he's gonna fuck him up basically," which is yeah, again. Yeah, Good line by NJF at the end where he goes about Sammy. Uh, who's the future of wrestling? They're going to say you because I am the now. Yeah. It's like, well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, that was it, was, it was good stuff. Um, MJF is always good value on the mic. You know, you always get, you, you always get your money's worth of them. Uh, speaking of guys who are dynamite on the mic, this is a guy who's excellent on the mic without even saying anything. He just stands there in a suit and I believe in him. Excellent. Um, who? <laughs> I'm talking about Alex around, doesn't it? D- different show, mate. <laughs> um, and are they El Idolo who's backstage? Weirdly with Alex Abrantes, which was kind of cool. Wasn't yeah. it with Alex Marvez? Oh, we got oh, no. I'm sure this is Abrantes. We've confused it again. But we've mixed around. He was he was backstage with Anne Alex. We'll, we'll go there. Anne Alex. Um, <laughs> and he was talking. I, I love this because he was he kept referring to Matt Sedell as Matt somebody. Like he didn't know yeah. his name, which was kind yeah. of funny. Um, so basically, last week, obviously, Matt Sidell, he interrupted Matt Sidell and Matt Sidell interrupted him back. And now they're going to have a match because obviously he disrespected him. Um, in, in Miami, the city of heat, the city of Latinos, the city of Scarface, as he refers to it. Are um, wearing a Scarface style suit? Oh, which man, I mean, is we, need, we need to talk about fucking Andrade suits that, because they that's are. Him, that's the same. That, that suit he was wearing then is the same suit he's worn on a Wrestle Kingdom. His suits are 
almost offensively attractive. Like chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. That that custom one he's got on his um, graphic as well, where he's holding like it open and it's got El Idolo written on the in like the inside of the jacket. Yeah, yeah. the suits are so sharp. I think I cut myself watching them. You filthy um, bastard. <laughs> yeah, they were ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, next week we have Andrade's in-ring debut, which I'm fucking hyped for. Uh, just um, for anyone who's p- taking note, he's wrestling Kenny Omega at, in AAA on the 14th of August. Kenny so, Omega! So we're, we're ticking away right. down to that, which is quite fun. Uh, um, so, also, that will be I think we're getting match. that sooner. Kenny and Andrade. What, an AEW? Or just... Yeah, I don't I don't think Tony's going to let them do that match like before AEW do it. That means they haven't got a lot of time to build that, though, have they? No, yeah. That's true. They, they'll probably be like, they just do a half-arsed match for Triple A. Don't you fucking dare let Andrade kick out of the one-week day. <laughs> <laughs> don't you fucking dare. We've been building this for two and a half years. I, honestly, I, I think I think I think Tony and AW. I think they'll trust that not enough of the. I don't think there's much crossover between AAA fans and AW fans. Yeah, it, it, it's not it's not Laredo Kid, is it? It's not. I mean, he is, he is wrestling Laredo Kid as well. To be fair, uh, Andrade is signed. <laughs> don't have don't have fucking Laredo Kid put going into business for himself. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, right. Uh, so yeah. Ne- that's next next like... right next up we've got. Possibly one of my favourite segments of the night. Yes, it has to be. Well, it's it's two parts. The both parts combined are my favourite segment of the night. Yeah, we we Was got it? we finally got an inkling on dynamite, not just. So oh. this was Tony again back in the ring for the interview. Introduces Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny comes out with again bad facial hair. Um, yeah. Triple H or sex style. Fuck I. Yeah, it was like, it was like proper like style, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um and then they talk about so Kenny Kenny sort of invents a question that Tony asked him about how he stays motivated even though Tony didn't ask him anything. Which is quite funny. Um and then Kenny basically goes on and says that he's beaten everybody in AW. And he, he lists so he listed um obviously he's beaten Mox. He he called Matt Seidel one of the best high flyers in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pack Orange Cassidy, you know, he's, he's, he's beating everyone. There's no, there's no one left to challenge. Um, so he's gonna take a bit of a break from AW and go and defend his other belts in other promotions. And you can catch him. He didn't name any other, but you can catch yeah. him on other promotions around the world. Um, and then the Dark Order came out, and this was, this was really good. <laughs> yeah, I know what we're all thinking. We're all excited. Evil Uno versus Kenny Omega. It's happening. Um, stupid, stupid, yeah. sexy Uno. Sexy, sexy Evil Uno in his sexy suit that he got from Primark. Oh, this was like Evil Uno. If you told me a year ago, he held Evil his Uno, own with Kenny in the you promo. Told me, if you told me in a year ago that Evil Uno would cut a fucking promo in the ring with Kenny Omega, I would, I would laugh I, you out of the house. Absolute fire! And and I would want, I would be on the side of Evil Uno. And I'm always on the side of Evil Uno. This Bobby was Bobby. incredible. So yeah, um, so they come out and Evil Uno is like, "Whoa, hang on, Kenny, you ain't, you know, you ain't, you ain't beat everyone. There's someone you haven't beat." And Kenny, and Kenny, very, very correctly, it's like, "Well, you fucking dickheads, no, you know, none of you, but you know, five. I'm gonna wrestle five. He said five couldn't even go two minutes with me, which was a great fucking callback. Yes, yeah. When he had that dark match, well, not the dark match, the uh, match with Kenny where he went like. 
didn't they go 20 minutes or something? Yeah, it was 20 minutes. It was on Dynamite, so it was in the gym. Uh, it was in QT Marshall's gym, yeah. 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 Uh, but then, they're, obviously, they're not talking about anyone in the Dark Order. They, and Evil Uno, again, they, 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 you actually said, like, we know we know that none of us have enough um, singles wins to be ranked high enough to compete for, for the title, which is, again, good, fair enough. You know, they're faces. They're referencing the ranking system. That's all cool. Uh, and then he says, but there is one person. He's a friend of ours. He's a former friend of yours. And then you see Kenny. I don't know if, like, I don't know if, like, a little bit of... Like, no. Jared, a little flicker of, of like yeah. fear or a little flicker of recognition and then like he, he sort of bounces back and he's like well hang on if one this this guy if this is the guy I'm thinking of he wouldn't like you out here doing his business two he doesn't have the guts to to like challenge me he does he knows you can't beat me and he definitely doesn't have the guts to to be the world champion um and then so Kenny basically says right now can you move out the way please I'm, I'm out and then that's it same one ends and obviously they're talking about Hangman there's a, there's a massive throughout this entire exchange there's an you... enormous Hangman chant from the crowd like definitely yeah, so, loud until, until we got the, the follow up bit I thought they'd really miss the trick and not having Hangman come out because he would have probably got like an Austin pop yeah, yeah. but they it would have just... been like the fucking but, glass breaking but they know what they were doing and they follow it up perfectly later in the show. Yeah. Which yeah. we'll we'll talk to oh, yeah. when we get to it. But first we have um we have CSI Jacksonville because there's been a murder. <laughs> oh, this was sad to watch. Oh just Miro killing all these beautiful young men. <laughs> like, I, well I, I, don't, I don't know what's more surprising that Pelman Jr. got like a couple of hits in or that the varsity bonds are number one ranked tag team. <laughs> they're, 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 they're doing putting work in the tag team. Uh, nice, nice, yeah. nice little promo um, from Pillman before the match as well, saying about like talking about his friends and his teammates and talking about putting over Griff Garrison as like he's like he's like a brother to him and stuff. You know, he's he's really doing everything he can to sort of establish himself as like a real nice white meat baby face. You know, really cool stuff. Um, we need to talk about Miro's new theme music. Oh boy, I'm yeah. Here for it. Suit some dirty, perfect. It's like and it is. It is like name as well. It is like for some fucking charge of the Rahiram shit. Like I'm expecting like the fucking white flag of Gondor to come over the hill when Mirror's okay. music hits. War sirens, fucking in the background. Yeah, he is also now. He's also now officially the Redeemer. The Redeemer is that his name? It's said on the Tron, yeah, the Redeemer yeah. Mirror. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, I mean, but, we, we, when we talk about like when we, when we wrap the year up. At the end of the at the end of the year, as just the, the fashion, um, it's gonna be gonna be hard pressed to talk about anyone who's had a better twenty twenty one so far than Miro. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. exactly. What a turnaround! What an absolute turnaround! Yeah, he, he is he is just I, I just I just can't take my eyes off him. I, 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 I'm 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 following him on Twitter now, so I get all his promos. Um, I just can't I can't get enough. I can't you know. <laughs> It's, it's incredible. Even his matches. I mean, his matches. This is literally a. It's basically a squash match. He's basically been squashing people, but it's. But it doesn't feel like a squash match. It feels he manages to make them feel so entertaining. Yeah. Th- this this might like. Might sound weird me saying it, but he's reminding me a lot of Brock. In the sense that he's squashing people, but he's also, making them look good in like an instance. Mm. Making well, his thing. Or two or three Brock. Then. Yeah, except, no, I was going to say, no, 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 gonna like, say Brock, except, except he's on the show every week as well. Yeah. Brock, <laughs> no, but I mean his matches. I'm, I'm just t- literally just talking about his matches right now. Um, yeah. 
No, I, I mean like I mean like when Brock is interested in a match and he goes like, like when like, he when he had that feud like Samoa Joe for like a month and when like, he did like, like Brock AJ. Daniel Bryan and AJ and Finn Balor when yeah. he's against someone he's he's interested in wrestling and you see him like bump his ass off for them like and make you feel like oh god he could lose here. If you and want then, to know what we're talking about, go to Twitter and you'll see Samoa Joe just fucking making Brock Lesnar go to sleep. It's fun to watch. Are you, are you uh, plugging your Twitter there, mate? Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> are you going to bother to give people a handle or are you just assuming they know where uh, they're going? Uh, well, Don't worry about well, it, mate. I'm um, Rest Pod and then you'll see my name at Aaron Statcliffe. See? Sorry, goodbye. Crash. Um, so yes, yeah, going, going back to the match, um, I really like, again, you said about making people look good, but I thought Pillman looked really good in this match. He like, looked even, awesome in this match. Even though he didn't really achieve anything, <laughs> I think no. he had to do. He, he, but, he, he had the good comeback and he, he handled everything really well. I mean, that um, that baseball slide where he came through the ropes and like fucking landed on the apron looked gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, mate. Just a fun fact, um, Jericho goes on about Miro living in a Bulgaria town in Nashville. Um, there is actually a Bulgarian like community culture in Nashville specifically. Oh, yeah, Jericho, Jericho, and, Jericho, and, Jericho, and, Jericho and Red are talking shit, shocker. Well, I assume so. That it's, or is that, is that just a happy coincidence or did Jericho actually research that? Yeah, it's one of the two. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, the point I was about to say then as well. Um, again, Brian Pillman Jr. is another one we were talking about Jungle Boy before, who they've kind of gradually built up to this stage where he's held his own with like guys like Jericho in the ring and in like matches with FTR and the Young Bucks, and now he's having like a singles match with Miro. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think very cool. I, I mean, I love, I love. Pillman Jr. I think he's I think he's incredibly talented. I don't quite think he's got the same ceiling as the top, the future top guys. I don't yeah. think he does, but I think he's definitely going to be like a solid midfielder. Yeah, there's there's no reason why he can't be an absolutely valuable player for AW going forward. He is mm. he has really established himself as like he's I, I, over the last year as one of the one of the top guys who's come out of nowhere to sort of you know solidify themselves in like the midcard of AW. Yeah. yeah. And he's being rewarded now with with this with the programs he's getting and the, and the matches he's getting on TV, and it's it's great to see. And Jesus, fuck, he looks like his dad, and he moves like his dad. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, and Miro obviously Miro wins with the game over. He ranges it back and Pillman passes out, and Miro gets the belt and cradles it and praises God and looks like a, looks looks, God, looks yeah. like a fucking lunatic as he's doing it, which is great. Yeah, his eyes, like when he was holding the bells up. Well, just just before, like just before he put the um, when he had, when he had Pillman like down, and he was in, he was like after he did the thrust kick, it's like he, he just got the crazy eyes, and it's like oh shit, he looked like he was yeah. about to do a do a violence, <laughs> yeah, and he did. Yeah, and then he put him in the game over, which yeah, mirrors mirrors like facial expressions and his the way he holds his character are, are really incredible. Like I really really I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So yeah, so going to um. Going back to follow up on the, the the Kenny promo, we had backstage with Alex with Adam Page and the Dark Order, and Adam Page busts in. He's fucking furious because the Dark Order were out there, you know, issuing challenges on his behalf. He didn't want him to do anything like that. And then this was like this was like weirdly like the most fucking wholesome thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the most, 
because obviously we didn't get this before, so we all thought it was a bit of a weird first part. Like, oh, why did Harman not come out? And then the, the story is that he didn't actually know that was happening. Yeah. So it's quite fun to see it all just happen. And I, my heart just broke. <laughs> it was so nice. Obviously, I called, like, called Dad Cole Cabana, was like, yeah, but you know. Adam Page taught them that even if they fail, there's no. There's, he said that he wasn't afraid of of losing. He was afraid of failing. He was afraid of like not being yeah. enough. And like that's been like that's been like sort of the storyline, isn't it? That like Hangman doesn't have the confidence to, to challenge because he because he lost the number one contenders match and he, he he thinks he can't beat Kenny and and he's afraid of trying so that he he goes because he thinks he'll fail. And like Colt saying about like how he shouldn't be afraid of failing, and then Uno saying about like even after he lost. To Miro, it was Pet Hangman who like picked them back up and said that you know he 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 tried his hardest and that was that was all that that mattered and that he you know he 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 did a good job and then like they all they all sort of like one at a time and it just yeah it was just so it was just so lovely on it it was just one at a time they all just sort of like reassure him and be like you know whatever happens you know we've got your back we'll be here for you we we you know we won't think any less of you if you don't win you know there's no there's no fear here there's nothing to lose um yeah and it's it's just it's the road he's on. It's it's not a it's not a storyline you see in wrestling. Like there's yeah. never there's never any doubt in wrestling. It's always just full speed forward. Like everyone's always the biggest hypest, you know, coming for the belt, coming to kill you, coming to kick ass. And it's so refreshing to see them play a storyline where a guy doesn't think he can do it. But that's what we had Hangman first as. Yeah. Like when he was on the press conference and he was like, I'm, I'm going to be the first AEW champion. I'm going to be the first champion that we have in this company. And it was like, it did feel like a fog. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. All right. They're, they're going to book the friend to win the title. And now yeah. it's like, now it's like he, he's, he's had to face all the failures. He's had to go through this like emotional journey. And now it's like, we all want him to win it. Yeah, it's like, and like, so it's, like it's going to be incredible. It's almost like he got boosted because he went straight to the to the title match, didn't he? And it was like he got boosted mm. so hard, so fast, and like, in in, in storyline, and like the loss hit him so hard. Yeah, it, I mean, it literally did it knocked him into the tag division. I mean, the fans were turning on him as well. Yeah, was that? yeah, and like, and they've they've done such an amazing job of like of shattering like in, in storyline again, like shattering his confidence and his persona, and like the and the Dark Order have had. The, they are they are like the best found family like they are just a group of misfits and people who no one else really wants to talk to who have all just come yeah. like John Silver and Reynolds just nerds five's a dick you know ten's, <laughs> ten's got a drug problem oh, and they all just come together <laughs> and like like they all just come together and like supported each other and like out of out of for no reason other than they all want each other to do better and like Hangman's the ultimate sort of figurehead for this group now is like the ultimate fallen hero when he's they're gonna have to pick him up and carry him to back to the top which is yeah it's 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 so cool and i'm i'm i i i was literally watching this like watching you know was mentioning hangman and then watching this this segment in the back and it was you know it was it was the office gif it was the oh my god it's happening it's happening you know this yeah. is this is the like we saw it a couple of weeks ago on BTE where Hangman hallucinated about the belt and that was the first inkling that he was moving back in that direction but yeah. then for it to come onto Dynamite right now and like this is the official like mainstream canon of AEW for it to to now be put firmly into place i think we're we're definitely on the road to all out here i think this is i, this, you, you're right I think now. they're going to save it for the arena show or the stadium show, the arena show? It's, two, it's two weeks after all out oh, right, okay. Okay. 
because they, they've teased Kenny and Christian as well, haven't they? So I wouldn't be surprised if we got Kenny and Christian either on the road to All Out or, or just after, or sorry, just after and at All Out. And then we got Hangman and Kenny on that dynamite. Well, I mean, all, all, we, all we know for certain is we're in for an absolute wild ride. And I don't, I don't know, we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen, but when it happens, oh, good Lord, hey, it's going to be amazing. That's what I mean. I think the reason I think it's going to be at that stadium show is because it's going to be the biggest crowd they've ever had. Mm. And they're going to have that at full capacity and they're going to want the biggest pop they could humanly get. That's a, that's a real good shout, and I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 32,000? 28,000? 26, I think. You're talking like that. Oh. You're looking at plane tickets, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. When, when the fucking Dark Order come out and fucking wipe the good friends off the face of the earth and try to interfere. <laughs> I did it. <sighs> Bruno pounces gallows into the crowd. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, from, well... Spoiler alert for my favourite thing of the night to possibly my least favourite thing of the night. Mm. What? Oh, okay. Right. Okay. All we're right. talking. We're yeah. talking women's tag action. Um, Britt oh, Baker God. and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. I mean, action's a strong word. Let, let's be honest. It, it was just weird, of, wasn't it? It kind of did what it needed to do in that it. Like, it, it, it right, this was really awkward because who who's the face in this? I think it was meant to be Nyla, but then... Meant to be Nyla, but... But then she puts Britt Baker through a table at the end of the match. Ah, but that was cool, nifty. (laughs) Because Britt's doing doing the chicken shahil thing when she's refusing to tag in and and stuff like that, obviously. Uh, But then Vicky Guerrero... Everyone, like, naturally loves Britt now because she's so good. Because Britt's over as fuck. She was getting cheered on the way out, and Vicky Guerrero's a fucking heat magnet. And you've got her next to your supposed baby face. Yeah. They're just trying to compete with Raw this week. That's what it was. What, which ones are heels? Which ones are faces? <laughs> uh, slight serious note. Um, best speedy recoveries to Rebel, who dislocated her kneecap coming in to make that save. Yeah, and she sort of that's, like, that's why she that's why she sort of like Nyla. I thought like sort of push her off the ring. She was like yeah. lying motionless for a bit. Um, yeah, so she's dislocated the kneecap. Apparently, um, apparently she's she's like mentally fine. She was in high spirits after the match backstage. Uh, hopefully, she. I mean, she get back on the crutch, which is which is good, I suppose. You know, she can bring that back. That was that was good. Um, but yeah, hopefully she she has a speedy recovery and we see her back in action. Absolutely, as soon as as, as possible. Uh, but yeah, this this was a, this was still a bit. It just doesn't feel developed this at all, does it? It feels like well, I think the problem was they gave Vicky a bit too much time in the ring. Yeah. And nope. even like even into the finish, like when uh Brit locked locked Jordan on Vicky and then Vicky was pretty much no selling. Yeah, how, yeah, but, sell but, yeah. but how are you gonna not cheer Britt Baker putting locked on Vicky Guerrero? I know, I, it's stupid, I know. <laughs> Because everybody wants yeah. to see that. Because we all hate, we, we all like in, in we, we all hate Vicky Guerrero because she's a, she's the best at heat. They know? did they did instantly manage to get a little bit of a sympathy pop for her when she did the Eddie thing. Yeah, when she did the Eddie pose. Everyone was cheering Vicky again. But yeah. then, as soon as Brit put um, as soon as Brit put locked your on Vicky, it was like this should have been built better to make us actually 
feel like, oh, fuck me, Brits put a lock jaw on Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, look, Brits doing that. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was just a bit, it's just a bit muddled. Like they, they, they haven't like established. It feels a bit lazy. I feel like they're just throw, if, if it's it feels not dis- had a great if, deal if, of build, has it? Well, it feels like a disservice to Nyla that they just throw her in as like a. They haven't established her as a face. They just throw her in as a first opponent. There's not really been any yeah. any context behind the feud. I mean, because because Brit feud Bushida was so good, and it was so well built, and it was so clear who was who and what their motives were. That like this, it just feels like an afterthought. Former yeah. women's champion, you gotta fucking give her that. Uh, although, shout out to one thing I did find out today from the social medias is that um, Nyla Rose's wife is a seamstress and she makes all of her gear. Oh, yeah. fair. She played she play, um, Among Us with the AW guys. The other Sweet. Also, um, so Nyla was wearing purple because they're the colours of uh, the tribe of her people. Fair. That was fair. like, that was how her, her gear represented, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so oh, uh, I thought yeah. the gay was the uh, the trans thing. Well, no, I think the colours. I think, colour they, were, I think they were like there were like symbols on it from her mm. from her like for her heritage and stuff. So yeah, it's no, it's it's pretty cool. cool. It, it's awesome that like yeah, she's got someone you know in her life who's. I mean, if you're a wrestler, you know, being married to someone who makes gear is probably quite handy. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Cutler's wife makes uh, a lot of the gay for AEW. Yeah, she's well. like she's like the head costume. Like designer for AW and she probably presumably at this point she's just full time making horrendous shit for the young books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's her job now. Yep. Um so yeah, we'll move on from that match, yeah, because we've given it enough. Uh, so they announced a few matches for next week at um Road Ranger, including the first ever AEW mixed tag match. So this is um, on Dynamite. On Dynamite, yeah. So this is um, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander versus the Bunny and the Blade, which obviously was is what we've been building towards. Um, and we're also having Inner Circle versus Pinnacle. So that is Wardlow and FTR versus Proud and Powerful and Jake Hager in a six-month time match. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have Conan in their corner. Yeah, we've got a Hager promo, as I know from me, thanks. Yeah, but then we got, then, yeah, but then we, then we got a bit of Santana, didn't we? And that was fine. Yeah, I, I genuinely fine. thought that was like the best pro, promo he's cut in ages. Not that the bar's high. It was. But... He, 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 well, he kept it simple and he talked. He, he just talked about like Wardlow um, being a man and fighting him on his terms last week, which was yeah, kind of cool. To, to start the promo off, though, it, was, it did what it needed to do. Yeah. To get us where we needed to go. And then Santana's always value for money, and, he and you just have Santana spitting bars, and you're like, "All right, there we go." That's better. Then all tease at the end, you're just like, "Oh, <laughs> what did you say? You, you done messed up?" <laughs> that's, that's the um, twenty hours the camera cut out. So yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, I mean, FTR, just give me FTR, proud and powerful forever, basically. Um, I just want that right now. Yeah, just take out Wardlow and Hager. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, I I think that obviously the building, the building still haven't had that match, just that match. No, but I think they're, they're saving. They know what they're doing. They're saving it for something big, aren't they? So, yeah, probably fight at first. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then we're on to the main event. Um, MJF and Sammy Guerrero. What a main event! Jesus yes. Good. Oh, it what? literally, it felt like it was full throttle from like the get go. Yeah, there was there was no like feeling out or slow build. It was, but it started um, not necessarily the way I'd have expected it to. And I think Jericho did that as well. It was a lot more 
intense and violent unless yeah. well, it was more of like a blood feud than or than like a, a he thought it'd be like maybe Sammy would start with the flippy shit but it was a straight into like the stiff nonsense which was which it was felt great. like both men were trying to kill each other yeah and they really they right. did a great job um psychology throughout was great especially towards the end I thought they did a great job of, of telling a story in this match my only gripe about the match is on the final ad break of the show, it was obviously in this match, um, it did drastically change pace to then once they came back, it changed back to normal again. Oh yeah, they were having a PR breather. Yeah, you definitely noticed it. Like, I think I'd rather have went on the ad break to not <laughs> have that part. <laughs> I've just, I've just gotten into the, um, I've just gotten into the habit now. I've just like checking my phone when it goes picture in picture because I know nothing big is going to happen. I'll just, keep yeah. I'll, I'll keep my ear out, but like I'll just like glance every now and then. Like I, I don't pay too, I don't try and follow it because it's not the same standard of wrestling that you get when the cameras are rolling. Yeah, it's not. I, as I've just realised in this main event, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so early on, um, Sammy goes for the 6.30. MGF sort of counters by going out the ring. And then Sammy goes for a dive. MGF again, he's very, very he's obviously playing the playing the sort of the smart heel card. He's moving out the way an awful lot. Uh, lovely, like, double springboard cutter from Sammy. So he goes off one rope onto the, the other rope and then bounces backwards and hits, like, yeah. the, the Cody cutter. Um, yeah, some really good stuff. They go to the outside... Uh, Sammy springboards back in for like a Hurricane Rana and MGF Slagger bombs him, <laughs> which was great. Um, then there's a second rope Spanish fly in there somewhere, like not even off the yep. turn, but hook just off the rope, which is, which is nuts. Um, springboard could destroy her from Sammy. Sammy's just pulling it all out, isn't he? He's just putting it all on the table in this match. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Sammy's just like, well, if you want to see all of the moves I can do, then please watch this match because here they all are. Yeah. Uh, MGF goes out for a chair. Sammy drop kicks it into his face. And then probably the moment of the night in terms of in-ring action, MGF is sort of like sprawled over the guardrail in the crowd. And then Sammy not only jumps from the top rope over the guardrail onto MGF, but he does like a senton as he goes. Yeah. It was very low as well. It was cool. It, it just—it was like literally Sonic the Hedgehog doing an attack. Yeah, it didn't look um, like he. It did. It, it, I, 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 they showed the replay, and it was like, oh, there's, there's no, there's nowhere nice to land when you do something like that. That's no. <laughs> um, at the time, uh, Excalibur goes super sunny, going super sad. When he does the dive, just casually thrown out of there. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Um, so then they get back in the ring, and uh, probably the other moment of the night, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> the, the middle rope super pile driver from uh, MJF. That was Phil. <laughs> that was absolutely that was disgusting. Uh, MJF sold the landing on his knee, um, yeah. like really badly, like to the point where, like, I don't know if it was if it was storyline, but like Bryce was like checking on him. Yeah, they. If it wasn't fake, then they did bring it into the match a little bit as well. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a shame that um, MJF's such a bastard of a heel because his selling as like a sympathetic babyface there was fucking top notch. Yeah, it's, and there was like that really. So after the power driver, there was that really cool moment where they like they both tried to like sort of use each other to like support each other and get up, and then they got like three quarters away and just both fell over again. Yeah, <laughs> which again, like I said, like the psychology in this match was great. The storytelling and it really built to like a crescendo 
like towards the end, like the, the sort of the way MGF did a really good job of, of selling, and like Sammy just sold that he was utterly fucked. Um. So then, MGF goes for a heat seeker. Sammy gets out of it. Sammy hits GTH. He's got the win. He's got the pin. But as he pulls MGF's leg over, it sort of falls over onto the rope. Like MGF knows nothing about it. He's fucking out of it. Yeah. But... Hey. Yeah. Again, oh. great, great. Sammy's like Sammy's distraught because you know he's he's fucked up. He you know he he did he lost his ring awareness. Uh, and then another, another great bit of little bit, bit of psychology and storytelling. Sammy goes up top for the six thirty, and MGF like he's he's on the floor and he sort of like turns side on and he's sort of like putting his hand up to him yeah to Sammy. He's like, "Nah, mate, don't please. I promise, don't do it. Don't do it." And Sammy's just like, "Oh fuck you!" And just does it anyway. While he's, <laughs> well, he's not even lying on his back. The way they shot that, where you could see MJF's face as as Sammy left the top rope, but then switched it round to Sammy hitting the move. It was just awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was really, really well shot. Love that. So then as Sammy hits that, Sean Spears walks out. And I really liked this because like Sean Spears is like he's like Sammy's boogeyman, isn't he? He's like his ghost. And like if anyone's gonna put him off his game just by being at ringside, like Sean Spears is like his his nemesis almost like he's the one who's gonna like get into his head the most. And Sean and he's got like the he's got the psycho eyes. It's going to be yeah. Sammy's like next fight rivalry, really. This one. Yeah. So then Jericho, Jericho, and and, and to be fair, Jericho on commentary is like Sean Spears is out. I can't be having this. And this is really smart because Jericho is Sammy's mate, and he's still on commentary. He's like, well, hang on, I can go and help. I can go and sort the situation out. So he yeah. goes to go and do it, which is it's just really smart writing. Uh, but other than as Jericho comes out to, to sort of intervene, war, a wild Wardlow, stupid sexy Wardlow appears. Just attacked him. Um, yeah. The commentary are like, how long has he been there? He must have always been there because he can't get there any other way. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's come out under the ring or something and like just appeared off camera because he came from like he came from like the commentary like tactical side, didn't he? And just sort of like attacked Jericho and Bond, which yeah. is yeah, kind of weird, uh, kind of cool. So then he throws Jericho off the off like the, the sort of crowd platform in front of like to the floor outside the ring, and then Spears, <sighs> Jesus Christ, he swung that chair, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's good that Sammy did duck a bit. <laughs> he got, he got, he got an arm up. It was fine. Yeah. He got his uh, arms up and he went down a bit before the chair hit. Yeah. So Sean Spears just rings Sammy's bell with a vicious chair shot. Uh, um, we get, we get the the camera point at Spears after that, sitting there looking like he came as part. Oh, he's got, he's got his sex. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got his sex face on, hasn't he? After that chair shot. Yeah, it was very erotic. And, Weird. <laughs> and yeah, MGF, the very slow crawl onto, onto the prone body of Sammy for the one, two, three. So yeah, as we said earlier, we, we talked about this match being like a, a future. It could have been a paper, a pay-per-view main event. It could have been a, a, a big, you know, a big sort of show event. I think obviously with, with the screwy finish, they 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 gave, they gave themselves the out there and they just left enough on the table for us to want to see it again, which is very smart. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. agree. Like we've got a top ten of the year so far for the first half of the year coming up. This was a cut off day, and I think what well, at least two of us have got this match in our list. To I mean, I, I, I haven't done my list yet, so it could well 
Battlefield. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this match, like I, I said, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed. Like I'll I'll I'll, I'll be quick and like Jay get in. Um, I really enjoy, I, I've said it before. I really enjoyed the the psychology and the and the selling and the the sort of story that the story they told this match as well as the, the work rate and it was everything. It was everything that makes AW good was in this match. Yeah. Yeah, going back to the to the list, I told Troy to watch it because I was like, that genuinely probably will end up on your list, mate. Yeah, because um, it was that good. Um, I, that's the thing I, I really like as well. Like this, this reminded me a lot of that MGF Jungle Boy match from um, was it Double or Nothing last year? Yeah, that Loki banger that like which ended up being like Loki match of the night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's just like a, it's it's good to know like the company is going to be in safe hands when like the guys that kind of brought them to the dance like all the legends there will go like, oh AEW all these old guys like yeah fucking young guys are killing it so and they're being just, allowed just, to kill just, it just to um, just to make that just again something I saw on, on the internet today because that's what I do now is big, big facts off Twitter um, AEW has 101 people signed on its roster 81 Aye. of those 81 of those have never worked in WWE there you go like, yeah. that's what, that's what, four fets. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, it's reassuring to know that there is going to be like a life like, after Moxley, Jericho, Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much okay with the fact that they've got like these older guys now. They needed to, and, to be in there and get like fans to watch AEW. Yeah. They needed it. But it, it the the other thing is a lot like we've been talking a lot about this like when we record this tonight. A lot of the cool stuff that we're seeing with the younger guys is the journey. Yeah, like people wouldn't be so invested in guys like Hangman, like Jungle Boy, like MJF, like Sammy Guevara, like Darby Allen if it wasn't for the journey that they took on. And it's great as well that they're able to make this part of the process so entertaining because these are like the hard yards if you're like building a character is hard work it's not like like with Miro you have to go through sometimes the, the bad to get to the good you have to give him a shitty gimmick to then go yeah, to right, appreciate no, and like but like and like with Hangman Miro, you, go, you go kill people now mate with Hangman without like without like the over push you don't get you don't get this character that you've got now and like but but what they're doing now is Jungle Boy is having good matches MJF and Sammy are having good matches. Ricky Starks is having good matches. They've got all these guys. And because they've got so many of them, they can literally just throw all these like 20-odd-year-old guys into the ring and go, just have matches. It's fine. Yeah. Darby Allen, everyone, whoever. Um, and they're seasoning each other as they yeah. wrestle each other, and we're getting really good matches out of it, which is great. It's not like yeah. TNA where like for the fucking feeding everyone to the main event mafia or like you know you know and no one's getting any better. It's a, it's like this constant process of young guys sharpening young guys and like everyone just gets better at the same time, which is it's phenomenal. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So yeah, quality. And then to cap it all off, um, Dynamite finished with a very lovely um, little montage showing the fifteen months of Daily's place, and they threw a load of Brody stuff in to make me have a little cry. Oh yeah, um, th- there was a lot of stuff that happened in that last like period that I didn't realize was in that period. It's mad, isn't it? Like think about like the the big one being the parking lot brawl. I didn't realize that was during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like in the first year, and like all the title changes. Like think about yeah. think everything. Everything Brody's done has been in this. Has been in there. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Madness. It's absolute madness. I'd love I'd love at some point to go and do like a quick little half hour show of like recapping this period. I'll I'll have to like I'll have to like plot it out and write out what all the significant events. And I, yeah. I think we I think we'd be fascinated to to, to realise what actually happened in these fifteen months in Daly's place. Mm. And it's crazy. I mean I don't I don't want to get into it because you know it's it's Dubs have to go back on the road and it's it's all gonna be great. But there was a time like just over a year ago where we didn't no one knew if wrestling was gonna carry on. Yeah. Yeah, it was all under fucking and and all, it almost feels like everything we got these last fifteen months was like a some sort of bonus cheat code. Like, <laughs> you know, we just we all right, there were no crowds and it was a bit weird and some of it was in Cutie Marshall's gym and some of it was like pre-taped and some of it was like literally just them finding warm bodies to throw into the ring with people. Um but we got fifteen months of wrestling that we probably in a world we might, we may well not have ever gotten if things had fallen differently. All um, those bodies and trainees that helped out at the start got yeah. a job out of it. Yeah, and, and they, then we and then think about guys like fantastic. literally we've last few weeks we've had like the pay per view was the first time Eddie Kingston wrestled in front of a crowd in AW. Yeah. Brian Pillman first time he wrestled in front of a crowd in AW this week. You know Hobbs the first time he wrestled in front of a crowd was at the pay per view. And it's it's crazy that all these guys have and we this is a company that's two years old effectively. Yeah. And nearly half of that time, over half of that time, has been in Daly's place on these like in these last fifteen months under these conditions. Yeah. It almost you it, know it's so weird because it's it's such a big chunk of their relative history that it feels like it defined them so much. Yeah. Agreed. Um yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen it, they put the they put the video package up on YouTube now. It it is um, absolutely excellent. It's about three and a half minutes. It's yeah. brilliant. It's really good. Yeah, and yeah, it was, it was a really nice end, wasn't it? To the Daily's place era. It almost it, so it, it's been, it was a really weird. Well, it was it was lovely. Yes, it was. Uh, but it was also quite weird because it was. It, it obviously there's a lot of emotional attachments within AEW to Daly's place for a number of reasons, for, for Brody reasons, for, you know, pandemic reasons, for filming reasons. And so, the like, Excalibur in particular, he almost seemed he almost seemed like he was on the verge of breaking up, like, of, of, yeah. of, of tears. Like, he was very emotional at the end when he was talking about, like, signing off from Daly's place for the foreseeable future. I mean, obviously, it's, well, it's, it's happy news. The next date, haven't yeah, they're back in August, I think, is it? It's like six yeah. weeks away. Um... And they're, so they're always going to have a presence here because obviously, you know, it's owned by the Khan family and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like, obviously, it's, they've had this attachment and, and it's it's the stuff we don't see. It's, it's like it's like, it's like like when people turn up and because like they basically lived here, haven't they? Like they've had to like yeah. take shows back to back and, you know, obviously the city and they've had the same fans all the time and the fans have almost become like part of the show. It's almost like the Impact Zone back in the day where you had the same people all the time. And I was going to say, it almost feels like the way WWE treat Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that they're yeah. gonna. I mean, that's going to be like their MSG. Obviously, it doesn't have the pageantry and it doesn't have like the the sort of no. history. But but it's yeah. like the home ground. Yeah, it, it feels like home turf. And mm. while while obviously it's it's good it's good it's like a good bad thing because they're going on the road again and they think they can take the show to other other markets and this is what the world of wrestling needs. And one thing that really got me like tonight was at the main event 
when Sammy came out and he was just slapping hands in the crowd. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit, I haven't seen that for so long. And it's so nice. <laughs> it looks so good. It feels so good to see that. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and like, so while, while it's a good while it's a good thing that they're able to now go and tour on the road, and, and, and it, it almost does feel like they're leaving a part of them behind. It's like, because like, like you say, Daily's Place, it's, it's like you said, Jay, now it's their MSG. It's their, it's their like, it's their like historic home, even though, it, you know, in terms of the company, it's, it's, where they've, it's where they've had over half of all Dynamites have now been from Daily's Place. And they yeah. did the second um, ever show there, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, bit of a, bit of a, bit of a sort of melancholic ending to a that, very... That... <laughs> Yeah, that crowd's gonna be red hot though when they go. Oh back. god, yeah. I mean, you you take you take AEW away from them for six weeks, they give it back. They'll be fucking nuclear. It'll be great. Um, I can't wait. Uh, so yeah. But speaking of nuclear, can we can we have some highs and lows from your people? Uh, I'll go Aaron first. Can I have your highs and lows, please? Uh, my high will be. I think that opening match, as always, I, it tends to be a thing now where my opening match. The opening match is usually the favourite of mine to get us going. Uh, stuff we've all said before, Young Bucks tag team match at the beginning sorts us right out for the rest of the show. Uh, my lowest will be... Uh, I think just a mixed tag match, to be honest. Just a bit meh. Me and the women's tag. Yeah, sorry, I will just tag. Yeah. Right, sorry. Fair play. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, Jay, yours, please, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Aaron for the lower the women's tag match. It was weird. It didn't really. It felt kind of forced. The whole thing. It didn't like even like down to Vicky Guerrero no selling lockjaw. It's like that's your champion's finisher. It just like I said, it just felt awkward, didn't it? It was just like yeah. Honestly, really everything else was so seamless and smooth and good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my high was the main events. It was brilliant. It was really, really good. Um, yeah. And I'm already excited to see these two go again. Fair play. Uh, I will surprisingly also have the women's uh-huh. tag match as my low. Again, as we all said, it, it, just, it was just a bit weird, wasn't it? You know, they didn't... It felt a bit cobbled together... Didn't seem to do anything or achieve anything, um, and yeah, it was just a bit awkward and, and strange. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off script here because Jace. I mean, the main event was clearly match of the night, and the, the and the opener was an absolute banger that's at the pace. So you, you're both not wrong, like absolutely. But for my personal preference, I'm gonna have the wholesome goodness of the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, yeah. Putting putting oh, yeah. Page putting Page on the road to glory. And carrying him on Uno's sexy, sexy shoulders all the way to work. <laughs> Just for him to lose it to the bell collector, Ricky Starks. Just for him to lose it to probably probably MJF, but maybe Ricky Starks, who knows? Probably MJF, almost guaranteed to be immediately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there we go. That was uh, this week's episode of Wednesday Night Dynamite. We're back. Uh, as you can tell by the extended length of this episode we're back to our bullshit hope you enjoyed it (laughs) as always stay safe enjoy wrestling and we will see you all very soon goodbye bye and now a word from our sponsors do you like beer of course you do do you like wrestling you wouldn't be here if you didn't 
check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties Brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities. <laughs> 